Hi everyone, episode three of the Zillica Observer, TZO. We are now in most major podcast apps and we're working with our audio host, bcast.fm. We're working with them to get in the rest of them. So if there's one that you love and you don't see us there, just get me on Twitter at Chase Raz and let me know. We're also on YouTube now. We're the Zillica Observer there as well. So go like and subscribe. This means we are on Twitter your favorite podcast apps, and on YouTube. Now, the reason I mention YouTube is you may want to try it out for this episode. Remember those audio issues we've been working on? Don't worry, they're fixed for us. But today I'm gonna be interviewing Milan Chukri, the VP of Partnerships and Marketing for Zillica itself. And Milan, love you buddy, but I need to send you a microphone. So, to entice everybody listening to like and subscribe on YouTube, I've added open captions on the interview video over there on YouTube to make it a little bit easier to follow. All right, everybody, let's get going. All right, hi, everybody. Getting started today with me is Milan Shukri. Milan, how are you today? Good, 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 Chase. Thanks for inviting me. How are you? Look, I'm excellent because you're here. You are currently joining me. I'm over here in Florida, so it's early morning for me, but you're joining me in the afternoon in Amsterdam. And I thank you for your time because you're probably thinking, you know, I want to go home right about now. Or if you're working from home, you're like, I want to kick back and go do something else. So thank (laughs) you for joining me. You are the vice president of partnerships and marketing for Zillica. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And, you know, it tells me something. I think it's quite telling the title that I just gave, and that's the way it's represented on the site and on your LinkedIn, that partnerships come before the term marketing. Is that strategic or or is that just kind of you went in reverse alphabetical order or, or how do we get there? Yeah, I think actually it is strategic because I do want people to kind of being able to have like a contact point or reach out whenever they have ideas or think about doing something. I wasn't always kind of leading your partnerships at Zilliqa. It just evolves as you go along. But I, I do think that it was good to just focus a little bit more on partnership this year, which is, is actually kind of a, more of a new role label for me. Because as you know, the ecosystem evolves around Zilliqa. So much things going on, a lot of dApps, exchange partners. There's so many partners. And I think it would be good to just help coordinate things, find synergies between partners and help scale them up. Which is why I think, you know, putting partnerships before marketing is just, just suits it better and also for the growth of Zilliqa. I'm sure the effort is all around. It's, you know, a 360 effort, but that order does tell me something. Before you were at Zilliqa, before you were here, you were the co-founder of Barter Trade at bartertrade.io, right? You're one of the co-founders there? Uh, I joined the Barter Trade team late 2018 or beginning 2019. And yeah, it was more about thinking a little bit different about exchanges. I was always interested more in the community side of things and the social side of things. And exchanges usually don't really emphasize that too much. Although some exchanges are coming up with that right now. You also see more more social trading and gamification. And for example, with the pancake swap, using NFTs to incentivize people. There are new business models going on, but I joined Barter Trade and kind of co-founded that with some other people uh, that I already knew. 
So for social uh, trading, that is, describe the dynamics, because I'm familiar with that from the stock world, places like eToro, where you can mirror trades and and do that type of thing. Is is that what we're talking about in the crypto space as well, or is social uh, trading something else in this space? Something in that direction, although when you talk about social trading in the traditional kind of with stocks, that's much easier than in the crypto world because of the liquidity issues with alts. Right. So, you know, when, when somebody so kind of trades first and then somebody else follows or mirrors that person and he gets the best price, you know, you there's kind of a disparity there. So there, it's kind of difficult to do that in, in the crypto space. That'd be interesting to dive into. I want to ask, your LinkedIn profile said that you are, I, I didn't give a proficiency, but it says you speak four different languages. I, look, as somebody who, who jokes about barely being proficient in one, how... Um, how often do you find yourself relying on that? That's actually an interesting question. I do think that being multilingual does help with kind of uh, to think about different cultures, people, ideas. And, and then because I, so I'm originally from Iraq. I was uh, born in Iraq, but raised in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I, uh, I spoke two languages when I was growing up, when I was really young. So Arabic and Dutch. Yeah. And then I started learning English. And then also a little bit, of, yeah, a little bit of German, but it does help you think, get get more perspective on things. And and we raised in different col- uh, different cultures, speak different languages, and also from an educational side, I I, uh, I did a master's in international business and management. So it kind of also inspired me to think more globally. I never never really understood why people are so fixated with the one identity, one culture, one one country, and that's why I really like it in crypto, how everything is becoming more global. I also even studied the international marketing. So I always focus on the international side of things and, and understanding different cultures, ideas, how one, one country does things differently than other countries. In a way, does yeah. it lead to some type of sense of either transnationalism or world citizen type uh, mentality? You know, does it, does it lead to there? I guess it's part one of that question. And then does that also lead into some type of material benefit when dealing with something like the crypto space and with blockchain, these emerging technologies. Yeah, I, I do think that since like maybe eight to 10 years ago, I did take that really serious about, I always thought that the world becoming more globalized and kind of these kind of social uh, structures of, you know, what, what is a country, right? It's just an agreement between different people thinking, Hey, this is a country and I do think like most of my thinking is actually inspired by a, a book called The Sovereign Individual, published in 1997, which is actually talks about kind of our society, you know, going from the industrial age towards the more information age and transitioning towards the cyber economy where, where there isn't necessarily, um, you know, one, all these countries being divided arbitrarily, but it's more like People become more globalized, more becoming more of a world citizen. And you do see some of these things already happening. For example, in Estonia, we can already kind of register there, become a, an e-citizen. Mm-hmm. And I do think that's the direction uh, the world is going. It might be a little bit radical for some people where you think like, wait a minute, uh, why? And But I do think that especially because of blockchain and decentralized technology, all decentralized structures, even kind of countries and uh, governments might slowly adapt and change and then getting more towards this more global uh, interconnected, but decentralized societies. 
I think that's so great. And uh, admittedly, right, part of my business audience might be wondering, well, they first of all, they know I love tangents, but they might be wondering, what does this have to do with cryptocurrency and all this? And I, I would reiterate that even, you know, you're a business person, you, you, have, you have quite the education, I'm a business person. My first introduction to a lot of this that, you know, I've referenced, you know, a tip from somebody talking about Ethereum back in the day. I've said that in previous episodes on social media and other platforms. And those folks were in the kind of transnational digital nomad futurism. We work everywhere. We travel the world. It was that grouping of people. I'm not a digital nomad, but it was that grouping of people who gave me the first tip off to this technology that we had all heard of blockchain, especially with Bitcoin. But it becoming something more in getting smart contracts and dApps and some of some of um, these other things. So I I just I, I love the perspective you're adding there, and I want to thank you for that. I like to know people I'm talking to to some degree, right? To know something a little bit personal, and that's why I also share back during these interviews. But who are you, Milan? Right? If 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 I were walking the streets of Amsterdam and we bumped into each other right now, I probably would be someone that likes to listen more, ask more questions than tell, you know, uh, something about myself. I really like listening and learning more from other people. Yes, so as you uh, know, my name is Milan. I've been born in Iraq. I've ra- been raised in the Netherlands from since I was very young. I do like to, as a hobby, like to uh, read. I'm very into meditation and uh, in my free time, learn a little bit more, I think a little bit more about uh, consciousness and then how consciousness influences uh, reality and stuff like that. So- uh, I think there's a big overlap with the folks of us who are here, whether we're in business or not, whether we're just into the tokens or not. I think there is a large, it's not everybody, of course, but there's a large grouping of people that those are things that are very interesting to us. The, the consciousness concept, meditation, understanding who we are, the the experience that we're on. So I think you and I would probably have a lot of good conversations. <laughs> um, yeah. So with all of that, how did you how did you get into blockchain at all? And then how did that transition into being a part of Zillica? Well, around 2016, 2017, I was kind of finishing my degrees and I was thinking, okay, what do I do with my life? <laughs> A good question very, to ask. Yeah, yeah. It's always a difficult question. I always try to delay that answer. But I knew I wanted to do something with innovation and startups because I knew I really enjoy entrepreneurships and being yeah, thinking about the future, where the future is going and, and tap into new markets. So when 2017 came around and the, all of a sudden around April, May 2017, People started to talk a little bit more about blockchain. Some people also gave some presentations and business use cases about blockchain. I was like getting more and more intrigued. I already knew about Bitcoin and blockchain before that, 2014, 13, 15. But it was more like, uh, is it actually a serious market that's going or is it like an experimental niche? But I remember the moment everything changed when I saw the Ethereum alliance, I was like, wait, wait a minute. Then there's something switched that, okay, this is actually a growing market that could actually uh, become serious where blockchain actually can be used. So then I tried to absorb as much as possible blockchain, crypto. When I did my thesis in blockchain for a Chinese uh, company, because I always thought, you know, this, there's a, there's need to, there needs to be a point where you can fit in. And for me, it was mostly about helping Chinese projects internationalize 
towards the Western market with when it comes to community management, marketing, and business development. So there I started uh, doing that in crypto. Also, like like you mentioned, help uh, find an exchange. And in 2019, around mid-2019, I saw that there was a position open at Zilliqa and already kind of knew Zilliqa. So I came in, got in touch with the Zilliqa team, spoke with different people. With Amrit, we really discussed, okay, what can we do together? And then, yeah, I just joined the team. And from there on, you know, things were very interesting. Roller coaster ride, but very, very interesting. Well, congratulations. It sounds like a great journey. And I love the part of the story where when you were working on your thesis, focusing on the Chinese market, and particularly after what we just talked about, the transnationalism and the global citizen. But you saw that in a particular region, there's a certain thing that can or needs to be accomplished. And right then, then you focus on that. I think so many of us share that story. And I think so many of the businesses you talk to every day probably come with similar stories. Exactly. So I think I, because of my background, it's pretty useful for helping other companies in this space around Zilliqa to just uh, think about, yeah, how can we kind of work together, but also how can we help them scale up, grow, find uh, new business models, think in synergies between one company and the other. And yeah, finding finding better ways to to cooperate. And I, if if you think about what's, what what Zilliqa actually is, it's, it's more like a city that's being built, right? A few different kind of buildings here and there at first, and then somebody's building a road, and somebody else is coming in. And once the city starts to populate more and more, you really get the network effect, and you can scale things up. But it's always good to think, okay, which building should we position where, and which building should we put next to another building? If we overlay the building analogy on top of the globalism, looking at Zillica's history, we would have to say it's very, very primarily focused on the ASEAN nations, right? So we got the Association of Southeast Asian Nations. How important is ASEAN business and government to Zillica relative to a worldwide uh, perspective? Well, the thing is you... It's always good to focus on one market a little bit more and have some kind of focus and direction as a core business based on your positioning already and your uh, kind of USPs mm-hmm. and then leverage that. So for, for Zilliqa, why the ASEAN market is so important is that, as you uh, might know, it's it's a kind of Singaporean-based born project actually from yes. the university there. And, and also after doing a lot of research, there's good uh, kind of a product market fit for a lot of what Silica is doing when it comes to digitalization and helping a lot of these countries, third world countries, transition towards this digital economy. And also with Silica Capital coming in, allowing for kind of more and more growth and, and, and investments in that specific market, which seems to be very blockchain suitable in a sense. But that doesn't mean like it's only ASEAN, because as you know, I, I work from Europe, from Amsterdam, right. and we're always thinking about when there's opportunity, we always pivot fast. But... The ASEAN kind of, kind of philosophy of, of why that will be part of the larger kind of vision of, of, of Zilliqa and its future is because our advantage in that market, understanding of that market, or the people that we know in that market, the investments we could do in that market seems to be very well positioned. So what would, let's say, a non-ASEAN business, why would they want to look at Zilliqa or why might you entice them to look at Zilliqa? Over, say, Ethereum or Cardano just had their smart contract test that was successful. So the way I see it is that obviously when you're a public platform, everybody can kind of plug in, right? Mm -hmm. But why would anybody plug in Zilliqa instead of another kind of a public blockchain? 
And I do think just to go through kind of the two examples you gave and, and I think, uh, you know, everybody's doing an interesting job and I don't want to kind of attack different projects, but I do want to kind of emphasize our position relative to their position sure. and what gives us kind of a, an edge, so to say, or why we're doing the, uh, the things we're doing. So going through kind of Ethereum and Cardano as an example, I think Ethereum obviously is doing a great job. It has its network effects. It's the, it has its first mover advantage. But there are some kind of weak spot there, which why also Zilliqa was created, right? It's the, the it's mostly it's the, the 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 security kind of issue, which which is basically a lot of focus internally. You might not hear that too much outside, but Scylla as a language, programming language, there's a lot of effort and and a thinking behind how do you create a language, a, a smart contract language that makes it sure that for the next ten or twenty years, every company feel safe to kind of use that language to build uh, decentralized applications, right? You keep hearing these kind of bugs here and there, which is kind of a try and error thing for most of these platforms, but it's also a design choice of the, of the, of the language itself, which you can already kind of avoid if you really think through the creation of the language. And Amrit and the Scylla team have been doing a really great job. I don't, I'm not, I don't have a computer science background, but I do sometimes uh, look into the chat and see kind of, their thinking process and during the presentations internally they give, it seems to be extremely robust. And recently also they mentioned some kind of very good, like academic kind of, kind of academic, the academic kind of environment, looking into our program language and really appreciating the, the beauty and the design of it. I'm sure that that news is going to be released uh, later on. And, and from uh, kind of the scaling and the decentralized and, and all, all that, I think, Actually, I'm not really sure how people realize how beautiful actually the consensus mechanism of Silica is. And it took me also a while to really, uh, really appreciate it and, and, and the aesthetics and just, the, just the design choices and the thinking behind it is that forming consensus in decentralized way is extremely, extremely difficult because you need to cross several disciplines, right? You know, game theory, mathematics, uh, economics, politics, where you can keep adding it. And you can do a lot of thinking in theory, but in practice it's it's they always going to find something so, some kind of problem and if you look at like bitcoin just as a starting point and think about proof of work as, as, as a kind of battle tested concept right it has been like 10 years more, more than 10 years that proof of work shows us how strong and robust it is right, right? although it's very energy consuming and you can think all about that just the design choice itself is extremely extremely uh, genius right and when you transition towards kind of new consensus mechanisms, right? Like proof of stake, you can argue that that it's actually very, it's innovative, interesting, but it makes it more speculative where this is going. Even if you spend all the, all the great minds in, in, sitting around uh, on a table for years, you, you, don't, you don't know what, 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 which direction it could go. It's not, it hasn't really been battle tested. Even Ethereum 2.0 is on in, still is this research phase at the last stage, which is for a reason, right? They've been talking about proof of stake and this new consensus make for, for years right now. And then and, and, and obviously they're doing great stuff, but it, it just shows how complex it is. And if you look at Cardano as well, they're doing proof of stake as well. But what you're actually saying when you're saying we're having a proof of stake, we're saying we're trying something new that no, nobody has ever done before. We haven't really had the time to battle test it and we have to think it through. And there's a higher chance something can go wrong. And that's a, that's a choice that they're making, which is interesting. And what I really find beautiful and interesting about Zilliqa is they're using each 
best part of, of, of what is understood about, about blockchain and, 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 and computer science and combine them. So they start with civil resistance with proof of work, just the, just the part that shows the usefulness from uh, Bitcoin, but they don't do it like 24 seven. You don't have to run it all the time, just right. for a short period of time, which is pretty smart. And then you uh, add uh, PBFT and shard it and combine it with that, with that thinking. Both of these concepts have been researched heavily in computer science, right? And then, and, and if you think about it from a kind of a scientific point of view, if something has been researched aggressively, right, in, in, in the academic literature and have been uh, really understood, like what sharding is and what the PDFT is, there just creates a much more better understanding and safety for, for, for kind of use, but also for a project to launch. So you're, 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 you're not really starting with something completely new. You're just trying to, what Zilka has been done. I think the only one that I really, obviously I'm biased myself, but I really thinking about using the best of all the different pieces that are already understood, combining them and also solving one of the biggest issues, which is decentralization to kind of sharding, right? Sharding every part of it and scaling that up in different charts and a safety, right? With the, with the smart contract language and the design choice of the consensus mechanism. And, 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 and yeah, decentralization as well. So, well, uh, thank you for those, because those are, those are really big answers that I think a lot of businesses are looking for. And even though our primary focus is on business, there are those who hold, you know, the utility tokens, whether doing, whether they're just buying into the system, whether they're doing speculative investing, whatever they're doing, that the comparison of these different networks is, is really rampant, right? There's a lot of conversation about it. What, what's going on? Who's superior in one thing or another? But I think from the business point of view and from even an investor point of view, to some degree, there's no reason that these networks don't all exist. You, like you said, they're doing ex- exciting things. They're looking at proof of stake. How is it going to work? But I, I do believe that one of the things that, gravi- that made me gravitate towards Zillica was exactly what you described was the use of the practical Byzantine fault tolerance, um, PBFT, to make proof of work, which is known, which is the original, you know, Bitcoin style algorithm. I don't, I don't know if you're using the exact one or a modification or whatever, but to use this mathematical solution of how to deploy resources at what time for efficiency, I think that's one of the genius points that that particular use of PBFT with sharding is massively uh, important to business, I think. It makes transactions quick. I've heard from some of the folks on, on the Zillica team actually talking about, I think Amrit himself was talking about in 2021, looking at reducing transaction time by about somewhere about 50% or some number of yeah. seconds. But the network is already fairly speedy compared to the other ones. And it's using tried and true technology. I think that's a really big sell for anybody who's looking, because look, if you're a business and you're looking at blockchain, you're transactional, right? That's what blockchain is. It's a tra- it's an immutable public transactional store. So I, I think the answer you gave there is is probably a little bit bigger than many people would think at surface level. But I will circle back to something. You mentioned you like to jump into the chat with the team and see some of the technical stuff. Like anytime you want to let me in on that on that Zilliqa official chat, I, I won't cause any problems. I just want to read it. I'd love to read that as like my reading digest every day. I know you can't do that, but we'll 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 
we'll keep working on you. Part of your job, I would imagine, is going out and proactively identifying potential companies and potential industries to cooperate with. Yes, yes, I do actively try to find opportunity somewhere, depending on kind of the niche and the market and the people. I do think the the entertainment industry is going to be really big when it comes to blockchain. I do think they have going to be first mover when it comes to traditional world to this new world and, and evolving, especially with NFTs, tokenizing things themselves or whatever they're working on. And, and then and then and all kind of social money element kind of uh, innovations and business models. I do think that's going to be very, very important and big. And you kind of see some of these things. We have a lot of different partners thinking with us how we can integrate. We're, we're definitely this multi-chain kind of philosophy. We work with ThorChain, for example. They're, they're doing exciting, very interesting stuff. Polychain Network. They're also kind of in this multi-chain uh, philosophy. So we, everything that is kind of thinking about how we can cooperate and very ha- as specific synergy, either kind of DeFi entertainment, but also traditional enterprise that are more startup focused, right? For example, we're working with Noble Chairs, pretty big gaming chair company that we're talking to, who got in touch with them to kind of get into crypto mm-hmm. through this uh, kind of social uh, Swiss knife application we're working on with one of our partners called the Zeeves. So we have this kind of crypto loyalty program and, 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 and that we designed to also have traditional enterprises enter in crypto space by giving some kind of reward. And they, then we kind of share the interactions in the crypto space, do some marketing for them, have them experiment and understand crypto. So we, there, there are different angles in, in, in reaching out to us. So that's why I like to plant seeds everywhere in a sense. And whenever you have something interesting, you can just send, send an email through Zillhouse and you'll get in touch. And so there are a lot of different ways in, in we can work together. It just depends on kind of the, the, the idea behind things and, 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 and how uh, that person thinks about how to add kind of value to the, the ecosystem. I love the, the focus on interoperability, of focusing on multi-chain. But if we're investing those resources and going on a blockchain, what is the benefit to us, the, in, the business who's now operating, what's the benefit to us of this interoperability between... Zillico with, you know, Ether with the ETH bridge with, right? What's the, what's the benefit to ThorChain being uh, connected with Zillico? What, what are some of the, the, I guess as a business person, I don't want to ask it this way, but I can imagine, you know, if we're sitting down at a table and I'm representing a business like I used to, I would probably say, what does that have to do with us? Yeah. So I guess from a traditional enterprise point of view, obviously if other kind of Enterprises start from different entry points, like let's say Ethereum or some other chain. They all they could easily get access towards us when they see some of the benefits in our kind of infrastructure, right? When it comes to costs, you don't want to pay. Uh, yesterday, for example, I almost had to pay two hundred fifty dollars for just for smart contracts in Ethereum, which is kind of ridiculous, right? Yeah, we've we've it. all been there recently, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I can't see any enterprise really going that direction. So. There's a way that they can think about having uh, kind of an entry through another chain if they want to already had started in, on another chain, but they want kind of a subsidiary approach to experiment on Zilliqa, do a proof of concept and build their kind of offerings out steadily on Zilliqa. Mm-hmm. And then later on, we can think about, yeah, liquidity and stuff like that on multi-chains with ThorChain or have some kind of... Uh, interoperable kind of alliance between different companies on different chains. There, there are different ways, but the, 
it's so kind of early, I guess, from a traditional enterprise to go full multi-chain interoperable view. I think more that will start more in, in, in the crypto native companies. As you're saying all of that, I'm translating it back to my my like junior days, right? Before ever hitting a senior level. I'm imagining myself being in that position that I was in before of, okay, here's a new technology. Here's an emerging technology. Your job is to go understand it and make sure you're reporting back up to (laughs) the folks. And I think in that case, what I would do, right? My answer would be is saying, look, we're, we're picking a blockchain because we want to accomplish whatever and blockchain helps us accomplish that. We make the selection and we, we do. However, then we're not locked in. We have a more robust ecosystem because we can move assets between chains later if we need to. We can, we can do transactions on different chains to lower the price. We can, you know, mint something over here. And right, we, that's, I think, the entry point I would take if I'm, if I'm tasked with explaining to my business, why does any of that matter to us? Now, what you told me gives me the ability to go back and say, here's what it means to us, right? It means that we are not locked in. We, we're not an ecosystem lock. This isn't like if you pick an Apple phone, you're going to use iCloud, learn to love it. It's, you know, if you, you can use Dropbox and OneDrive and iCloud with any device. So it's sort of that analogy there as well. You know, yes, I'd love so to mention Zillhive, Zillica Capital, Zillica Research to a degree as well, which is the company that actually, you know, the, the, the main company there. But I looked at the university I teach at is for all sorts of data analysis, creative entertainment. And I teach in the entertainment undergrad program. And I thought about going through Zillhive and um, doing some of the, they're, they're currently looking for some research there. But can you speak to that a little bit more? I think this is where a lot of business people don't, they, they don't know this exists. And this is one of the, I believe, unique propositions for independent business people and small businesses to look at Zillica Capital, to look at Zillhive and see that there are research grants, there are development grants. Yes. Yeah, so if you want to kind of visualize the approach we're kind of taking is you have kind of different growth levels where every kind of company or person can jump in. So as a starting point, so Zillica Research together with community started on the bottom with Zillocracy which is a community-led initiative with a community council, which I and some community members are part of, where everybody from the community can kind of pitch ideas and, and, and think about kind of work or adding value. It could be like education, could be also like application development. And also in partnership with Zillhive, they're working on grants together as well. So that's kind of the kind of a low level entry point if everybody from the community want to enter. As a starting point, if you don't have like something directly or like something concrete, but you want to think along and just have other community members jump in, that's a pretty good entry point. Then on top of that, you have Zill Hive, right? Which is where uh, Hanwan and, 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 and uh, Madison and Mervin, which are part of the ecosystem growth team. And then also Arnov is a part of that, who's our kind of developer evangelist are thinking uh, more about how to kind of take them to the next level, right? So there's an accelerated program. They have this whole new setup for 2021, where if you're a startup, you have a kind of a concrete business model idea and you want to kind of really go to the next level, right? Really uh, make a, create, create a business out of this. And that would be a really good kind of a entry point. Uh, if you have like a team set, you have, you have a real clear vision and then they, they can help you with also getting more funding and getting, a network, giving feedback. And kind of the last entry point is kind of Zillica Capital, right? Where you think about 
really getting a capital injection and you show uh, you have a clear business model, there's product market fit. And, 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 and this is why Zilliqa Capital and, and uh, Zilliqa and, and, and even Zilliqa going to create a lot of kind of uh, good value in, in combination. With, because if you see kind of growth in the Zilliqa ecosystem, you're, 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 you're going to get to know these people. I'm going to get to know them. I run everybody else and see the value. And most of these kind of companies probably still want an extra capital get injection, right? To go to the next level. Because, you know, not a lot of companies can become profitable right away, right? Right. You see that everywhere in the blockchain space. In every chain, it just takes a lot of time and you have these outliers. But And Zilliqa Capital is going to really play a foundational role there. So we want to provide something for everyone, depending on which stage they are. Yeah, and if I'm understanding correctly, I just want to recap that if you're a community member, Zilocracy seems like a really good place to be to start getting involved. Then if you're a small team, an entrepreneur, SMB, and you're looking at an idea and deploying, Zillhive is probably more appropriately tuned to you. And then when we talk about the larger enterprise applications that need more operational resource coming in, that's where Zillica Capital is going to come in. So those exactly. tiers are wonderful. And I'll, I'll admit, like I've been a part of this community less than a year. And I think that community members can reach out and do a lot on their own. So, you know, anybody watching, nobody asked me to ever do this podcast. <laughs> I had podcasted in the past. I had some resources on a podcast host and I'm like, you know, huh, I'd really yeah. like to talk about this with people. So, you know, you can get involved, <clears throat> YouTube, eBooks, social media, it's really, really good stuff on social media. We tend to be active. I would say, I see most people on Twitter and Telegram. It's probably, or I'd say a lot of this community is. I'm over here minting NFTs. I'm not announcing for what yet, but I'm over here minting NFTs like crazy. I think all of these things, if you're a community member, Milan, I'd like to get you to speak to this a little bit, if you would. As a community member, how can you get involved? Because I feel Zillocracy and Zillhive calling to me from where I'm at, but, but what about somebody who's just holding some tokens or hear about, hears about us for the first time or a small business looking? What are some of the things you would really suggest for people to get um, engaged? and to start interacting. I do think like everybody should at least yeah, try to think of something they really are passionate about and think about adding uh, to the Zilliqa ecosystem. Because if everybody kind of works together, let's get that city, right? If everybody just starts a small shop here, there, thinks about something and it usually just evolves and, and, and then you just try to find synergies. And that's why I think it would be good to, for people to just reach, you can reach out to me or other people. If you have a good idea and you're passionate about it, I'm pretty sure there's something that can be done. And we're also actually uh, hoping to educate more people on this. We're uh, developing with Zilocracy and also with uh, together with Zilica Research on an educational portal where everybody can kind of help create educational content in their own local language, but also in different categories, right? Like like DeFi-related categories or, or just more traditional I was just about to start making some education because I'm a, you know, university instructor, corporate trainer, all that. I was about to start making some educational stuff and I was told, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. Zillocracy's got it. Just wait a second and you're going to want to touch into that. So anybody looking there, I'm, I'm really excited about that coming soon. I know there's a lot of work being done through Zillocracy and Zillica directly for the education side of helping people understand Zillica, the network, the ecosystem, the partners, all aspects of it. I, I love that. I think even as an individual, though, I, you know, I don't want to leave the business focus too much, but even as an individual who's saying, how do I get involved? 
I think it can be as simple as, you know, if you owe somebody a couple of bucks, trade with them here on Zillica, just creating those transactions as being a part of the community. And, 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 you know, you have the benefit of it being immutable and it being on a blockchain, but you know, like I said, nobody asked me to do this podcast, but I will say the reception has been really warm by everybody, including you, Milan. And I appreciate that. And I would encourage folks get on YouTube, get on, make more podcasts, right? Like this is a, this is a post scarce, artificially scarce uh, environment that we're in and uh, competition is not competition. It's cooperation. So I really, you know, if you're a small business, if you're an individual, let me echo and amplify Milan's voice here and say, just get involved and, you know, talk to him, reach out. I did that Milan with you. I reached out through Twitter. I said, Hey, can I interview you? And you're like, let's do it. So for anybody who may have a little bit of that, I'm an introvert. If you have that anticipation or that anxiety of, Oh man, how, how are people going to respond to my request? Just try. Yeah. I just love it when I like this entrepreneurial spirit of, uh, entrepreneurial spirit of community members where like, like if you're passionate about something, I, I also like to when we can have nurture that kind of passion and see where, wherever this is going. So Milan, I, I have to try before we wrap up here, I have to at least go for it and say, are there any super big announcements you'd like to make right here on the show? Because I, I'm trying to position, we're three episodes in, I'm trying to position to where this is a place businesses go once they've done their press release, once they've talked to their institutional investors. I, I, I you know, I'm hoping you got anything for me, any big announcements? Yeah, I, I do think we're actually heavily focused on the entertainment industry right now. We actually work on pretty big partners. I know uh, many of you know we're working with kind of a Soulja Boy. I don't know if... I did a run of 10 NFTs. Go get them if you haven't seen them. Yeah, but we also got RPs from other kind of celebrities and uh, like a Starkillus, which is fa- a famous American uh, DJ. So we do see a lot of kind of people from the entertainment industry being interested in it. And we're also building some supportive technology with that and opening up more kind of stores, working also. Um, I think that's key, the, not to interrupt, but I think that's key. I think that's key is you, the, there is, is a great, Mintable is a great store. But when you talk about entertainment, more entertainment specific platform, something that's custom and purpose built for that would definitely make a lot of sense because some of the NFTs I'm minting are media assets and it is a little bit of a cumbersome process. Yeah. And there can be a lot of synergy there as well, right? So this is again, the how can we position something and have other puzzle pieces interact? So for example, with Zeefs, we're thinking about this NFT integration on Telegram. We can display the NFT. Send and that's, the, that's the Telegram bot, right? Because I know you mentioned it yeah. earlier and I didn't call it out. Yeah, sorry, yeah. go ahead. It's like a Swiss knife uh, digital wallet on Telegram where we just keep adding features and technologies on top of it. And But you can also think about it in a VR uh, museum with these NFTs, with all these celebrities having their thing on which we're also having discussions with some of these partners, even augmented reality partners <laughs> joining the conversation. We had one today. So there are a lot of different kinds of things we're thinking about, experimenting with. And also, yeah, just really excited to see As always, my last question to everybody all the time is what did I miss? What things did I not ask about that you'd like to talk about? Or let me just open it up as a platform for you. Anything that may be on your mind? I do think, I mean, we're really excited about, I think I want to kind of put the spotlight on Zillswap and for this week, because we really launched our new token and and we just see very, very big growth there. So I do look- With with the Zwap token. 
Yeah, and also the total value locked is, I think, 8 million. We're already in the top 10 of all DEXs. So I do like to people to just check it out. Just check it out for yourself. Try to understand what it is uh, a DEX does. What is liquidity? Uh, what are liquidity pools? How can we become a liquidity provider? How can we think about this whole decentralized exchange infrastructure? How can we build that out together, right? Because you, you start with a decentralized exchange. You can build, put a lot of things on top of that, which we also think about with, uh, like a, you can have a lending bar inside. You can add NFTs from the celebrities and the, and there's a lot of different things. So I would encourage people to check that out and uh, try, uh, try to yeah, just learn a little bit more. Uh, although it's a little bit abstract for most people, but uh, I encourage to just check it out. Uh, yeah, sure. If you have reason to be there, be there, right? It's a place to be. And I think I, I'm with you. I think Zillswap is going to continue to evolve over time and will look a lot different than the current DEXs that we have because of the innovation that'll make it there. So Milan, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, I can't wait to have you back on the show sometime in the future. Sounds good. Uh, thanks for having me, Chase. And uh, yeah, looking forward for next time. When I look at Zillica, I see a thriving ecosystem. I agree so much with the community that I'd like to see more marketing and branding, but that's likely because my day job, so to speak, is teaching digital marketing. What's more important is the business community. Here in Florida, we've approved high-speed rail multiple times, even put it into our constitution once, right? You don't think of high-speed rail in the United States. But when we propose it, when we approve it, it's always framed as cutting-edge mass transit, getting tourists to airports, to theme parks. But nobody's really gone to businesses and spelled out the logistical benefits. Because of this, in the three times we've approved it, we've never built anything. That's where my mind is as we end episode three. Of course, other than the fact that you should go over to YouTube and subscribe to the Zillica Observer and turn on channel notifications. Now, since Milan can speak so many languages, let me put my failing grade in German to work and say, Auf Wiedersehen alle, bis bald. <laughs>